Hi, I'm Donnie Most, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. to be this is small town music this is big town music he's ahead of his time you know but he can't use it if only he could prove it well tomorrow's just a song away a song away a song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room to promote his new album, New York High, please welcome singer, actor, director, and one of the stars of the classic television show, Happy Days, Mr. Donnie Most. Hey, Donnie. Hey, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing good. Where are you right now? Where are you located? I'm located near Boulder, Colorado, where right. I've, rec- I've recently moved. Uh, my wife and I moved here three, three and a half months ago from L.A. All right. And how's that going? Do you enjoy the, uh, the winter weather? Well, as a matter of fact, it, it was pretty warm up until um, just a few days ago. And we had our first snow and, and it was uh, pretty brisk. But uh, it's kind of fun. And now it's going to warm up in the next few days and go back to some reasonable temperatures because it had gotten down, you know, like, uh, you know, like 15 degrees in the middle of the night or something like that, or even lower. But now we're going to be in the 50s and 60s. So that's fine. And I grew up in New York, so I grew up with winters. Well, you look ready to go for Colorado. You got the turtleneck on, you got the beard going. It's uh, (laughs) you look ready for the holidays. I got to be honest. Yeah, I could even do a Santa thing, huh? <laughs> a little <I'm> bit. Like, <laughs> I've been told that before. <laughs> so this new album, New York High, this is your first proper album since 2017's D-Most, Mostly Swinging. Yeah. How long have you been a fan of swing music? Well, it's it, swing, and it's not just swing. It's, it's you know, the great American songbook and, and all the stuff. You know, I lean towards the jazz standards, um, although any of the songs from the Great American Songbook could be treated with a jazz bent. So so that's the kind of music that I love, which includes swing, big band, but it could also be, you know, it could be ballads and it could also with some of those incredible songs. And it could be uh, with a smaller band. But but yeah, swing. I mean, I I do love to swing. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of. Um, my mom, you know, she she was a teenager in the swing year, so she had a lot of those albums. I was introduced to them, and then um, and then I got I, I discovered the movie The Jolson Story when I was nine, and um, that had a huge impact on me. And I loved Jolson's the you know his talent, his voice, and um, and those songs. And then I started getting a lot of albums. And listening to the radio and hearing um, some DJs playing that kind of, you know, the Ella Fitzgeralds and and Count Basie and Frank Sinatra and, and Sarah Vaughan and, and Dino and you know, Tony Bennett, all all of those singers. And I got a real education. And um, and I actually was singing 
I went to a school for singing uh, when I was 13. And, um, and then, and then I got picked and I was perform. I got to be performing in nightclubs in the Catskill mountains one summer. And I was just turning 15 and I was singing in the, in these nightclubs. So, I mean, it goes way back in, and it's been in my blood for a while. That's a funny story to me because as a 15-year-old, you're performing in these Catskill nightclubs. And as a 21-year-old, you get cast as a teenager <laughs> on, uh, on Happy yeah. Days. So Yeah, I know that. I was actually 20, but that, no 20. big deal. Okay, 20, 20. <laughs> right. Um, let me tell people right now just where they can find you on social media, get it out of the way. Uh, your website is donnymost.com. Twitter, you're I, at most underscore Don, and on Instagram at Don Most One, uh, the, no, the number one. It's actually Instagram is Don Most One, yeah, and Twitter is at most underscore Don. Yes. Facebook is Don, and Facebook is Don Most. Excellent, excellent. Now, right. I listened to New York High again this morning, uh, top to bottom. It's available on all digital platforms. This album is a whole lot of fun. Uh, it just puts a smile on your face and it just oh, thank you. It just moves along. And um, I really enjoyed it. And I, and look, people who listen to this show know that swing isn't my number one thing, but right. I really did enjoy this album. So bravo, Mr. Most. Oh, I appreciate that, Pat. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, uh, it's, I, I think it's a really nice blend of material and the arrangements with great great musicians um and the producer tony manter did a fabulous job of kind of putting it all together in an organic way and it felt really organic and the the album i did that you mentioned before mostly swinging which i i love um it was a little different it was big band and uh, all charted a wonderful arranger and producer named william Murillo, all charted so that, you know, because seven, 18 pieces, it's kind of hard to have people improvising. <laughs> so, um, except during solos, of course, but it was all written out. And then these guys were incredible musicians and played the hell out of it. And it was great. That was one way. sky was blue and high above the moon was new and so was love this eager heart of mine was singing lover where can you be you came at last love had its day that day is past you've gone away this aching heart of mine was singing lover come back to me I remember every little thing you used to do I'm so lonely Every road I walk along, I walk along with you No wonder I am lonely. Tony's method is different he, We only did this with more like a four or five piece uh, band With some extra uh, pieces for solos And, and uh, it was it was arranged, but sort of a roadmap for these musicians, which would allow them to put in their own variations and things that they hear. So you bring their talent and and you don't quite know where it's going to go. And I mean, they 
they know to a good degree, but but it's more you know it's a little more um, spontaneous. And then and then I would sing with it and get feelings from them, um, and then do the real vocals later, and then overdubs later for for other musicians. But it it, it just it really just kind of kept evolving, and I really loved the process. So thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with the album. Really happy. And how long does it take to uh, from start to finish uh, for New York High to get done? Well, that was a tough tough road because it was kind of during in a, uh, part of it during the pandemic. So we were like we'd record for we do three or four songs like flying in Nashville where Tony's based in, and and but then. And then it would, we were planning to do the next one not too far down the road, but then that got delayed. We kept yeah. having delays. So um, it was over the course of probably a year and a half, but it could have been done in, you know, I'd say we could have done that if it wasn't for the pandemic, probably in, you know, because uh, I wasn't living in Nashville, so it's hard to say. But, you know, two, three months, we probably could have done it, I think. And with some of the post stuff that Tony did another month or two something like that is uh is the singing your passion now if you had to choose one to mm. continue on uh until you until your days are done would it be acting or would it be singing people ask me that and it just is it kills me i can't it's so <laughs> hard it kills me because i love them both i really do and i've been able over the last few years to do both i got very busy in the last four years uh working on some films uh doing more films than I'd done in like the 15 years previous. It was like, a, uh, I guess, cause I'm getting finally old enough that, you know, I'm past uh, being looked upon as Ralph or something, but it's, it's opened up and I've been playing roles, everything from, from a local pastor to a polygamist. I literally did. I went from playing a pastor to a polygamist right. and everything in between a King, the owner of a, ho a hockey team, uh, career criminal um a, a western and i just played the head of during a, a, a during the 20s a true story in the, in detroit area prohibition bootlegging uh, gangs vying for control i played based on real characters the head of a jewish mob and it was like really intense so <laughs> i mean i'm i'm getting to play so many different roles and that's what i've always wanted to do so for me to say, oh, you know, singing or and and singing like like we talked about uh, is my first love, so to speak. So it's, I, I can't choose. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet these acting parts are coming now because you're again mature, but you're a silver fox now. The red hair is gone, so yeah. you, you really have to look and go like, hey, that's that's that guy from uh, Happy Days, I think. Yeah, I think uh, you know, getting older and maturing and losing this, the red. Um, although I lost that a little while ago, but I, I, it's just that I, I finally, I think, at an age where these parts are opening up, and and there's enough distance and time yeah, from for sure. Days. So all of all of that is all of those are factors, and and then you know also by by pecking away at it because when I first left the show, it was hard to get away from that. But, you know, I just kept pecking and I'd get a role that was a little bit different, you know, and, and, and then something like a psychiatrist. So that was a little different. 
or the father of, you know, somebody. And then I did a Star Trek Voyager, which was completely different. You know, mm -hmm. I played a, a doctor, a villain. And I think people started saying, oh, you know, he, he's not that guy. Yeah. He's an actor. He's actually an actor, <laughs> you know, who was playing a guy. Um, so so it's it was tough, but it's it gradually, you know, the door, I kept pushing, pecking away and opening yeah. it up a little more. And now it's, I hope it continues. And, um, you know, uh, I, I feel like it's just the beginning of a whole new phase. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love the word phase. I love a new phase. I, I, that's, yeah. that's terrific. When you were, you, you played Ralph mouth for, you know, a decade, pretty much. Seven seasons. I Seven did seasons. because I didn't stay for the entire run of the show. Right. When you're in that though, I mean, you were young at the time, you know, not even in, you know, in your twenties, does it ever cross your mind? Like this could be it. Or, or do you just at that age, or do you think after this, it's just, there's going to be many, many more opportunities because when you play an iconic role, I mean, like Fred Gwynn as Herman Munster, I mean, sometimes it's hard to get out of it big time. Absolutely. That's what I was alluding to. Just a minute ago, yeah, it yeah. was hard. It was hard. Um, I left the show after the seventh season. The show ran eleven years. Yeah, but I felt I was feeling like I've been playing this one character for seven years, and I knew. And back then, there was only three networks. There wasn't, you know, so much content. Yeah, exactly. so people, it's limited. So you you're known much more so than today. People, you know, have so many choices. So. So I knew that it was going to be hard, and I felt like it was time to move on. The sh I, I, I played the, like I said, the guy for for so long, and and I felt that the show had kind of peaked. I didn't think you know it was continuing to grow sure. after seven years, and um, so it was a tough decision because I loved everybody that I worked with. It was a great, great uh, family, the cast, and and people behind it, but but. Then and then I said to my agent, oh, you know, I only want to do film and theater. I didn't even want to do another series. I wanted to, you know, get, break into films and do serious theater and all of that. But uh, I couldn't even get an audition for a movie for six months. I, you know, I finally got like one audition, you know, and and they wouldn't even read me because so so it was it was hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. But uh, like I said, I, perseverance is a key thing you have to have in belief. Um, but your question was a good one that did I think, oh, you know, with this kind of iconic show, is this going to be it? You know, I was young enough to have, to have the determination and belief and, and ambition, uh, you know, to be still be positive, to stay positive somehow, even when. Because it was, you know, it was up, up, up. And then all of a sudden you do, you know, you dip down and you, you're you not getting the calls. You're not getting the auditions. Um, but then I, what I did was I stayed busy. I would do theater, you know, in different parts of the country just to keep keep the muscle going and, 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 and just keep moving forward in some way. And then, like I said, I get an opportunity here, here, and then it would change and starts changing people's. Uh, perceptions little by little, but then yeah. it starts to starts to build and hopefully hit a critical mass 
and break wide open. <laughs> now, <laughs> you, you mentioned that back then there were only three networks. So people that are younger that don't know about the three networks, because now we have Hulu and Apple TV and, and Netflix, and there's so much content and so many things out there. The difficulty in scoring a part back then on a television show on one of the three major networks, and then that show becoming popular. I mean, it's slim to none, and yet <laughs> you did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, it would be much more. Of, it was much more yeah. difficult back then. I, I guess. I guess so. Um, you know, some people say, "Well, but the comp there's even more competition now, but there's so many more." more shows so it might have been more difficult then I, I i don't know i don't know but you, you know i was um it didn't just you know happen like oh i happened to meet somebody and then they introduced me you know you have to go after you have to be going after it with with laser focus yeah and, and that's i like i said i started when i was 13 i would take the subway from brooklyn into manhattan every saturday to go to this school for singing, dancing, acting. And, you know, I was just, that's what I was focused on. And then after that summer where I was singing, I switched focus to acting in a serious way. And I, I, and I went to a different school a workshop and really focused on the acting. I was able to meet a manager and, and then go on auditions and constantly going on auditions. And, you know, so you, you know, the old saying, you know, earn, earning your dues, it's, uh, I was going after it for, for seven years solid, you know, um, well, I was in college during some three of those years, but I would take a bus from Al uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I went to Lehigh University, I would get a call, oh, I have an audition for a commercial or something like that. I'd get on the I'd walk to the, we couldn't have cars our freshman year. So you walk to the bus station in town take a almost three hour bus ride into Manhattan, then get on the subway and go to an audition it takes five minutes and then go back. You know, I mean, I, this is how crazy I was. When I think back what I, you know, what I was doing, but that's what you have to. And so then is there some luck? Y yeah. But you have to create it. You have to create it too. Yeah. You have to. It's not going to come to you. Yeah. Got to get out there. Let's get back to New York High, since that's what we're here to promote. And again, folks, it's on all digital platforms. Go listen, go purchase. You will enjoy this album. Like I said, it will put a smile on your face. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I don't have album credits in front of me. Are any of these songs originals that were written specifically for the album? Not specifically for the album. Um, they were, all of them were, uh, well, they, Eight out of, I don't know, 80% of jazz standards. Yeah. Um, there's two that are from the classic rock era, a Smokey Robinson song. 
Sanford Townsend band did. I wanted to bring in a little bit of that because I loved that music too, you know, as a teenager and, and being in college. But um, so I added those. But then there was one original song called New York High, which okay. is the name of the album as yeah. well, um, that uh, I was introduced to uh, somebody. Well, my friend introduced me to these songs written by um, Mike Reed, who's who's a Brit, he's he's from England, and he wrote this with his partner, um, a great song about New York that was kind of like another anthem for New York, like New York, New York, that Sinatra made famous. Right. But a new a newer generation's version, and it, and it had that swing feel that I loved, and the lyrics were great. And as a matter of fact, um, we released it. My Tony decided to release the single in the UK before, before you know, not officially released it here yet, even though the album's out, it wasn't released. And it's, it's on this chart called the heritage chart over there. It reaches a, all, a lot of countries. And um, I'm, I've moved up to number 18 on the chart um, just uh, the other day. That's exciting. So, yeah. I'm very excited about it. Um, and we did a little video. I wish um, I should have sent you the, uh, or somebody should have sent you the video. It came out really fun, um, uh, a video of New York High. Uh, so people, they could go, um, if you go look up Heritage Chart, you'll find the site and you can vote. People, You can vote once a week and maybe you'd be able to see the video. I don't know. YouTube, you could see the video. I know it's on there called New York High, my, uh, the same song. And check it out. It's really fun. All right, rock solid listeners, go find the heritage chart and vote for New York High by Donnie Most. Now you yeah. brought up, you brought up the Sanford Townsend band song "Smoke from a Distant Fire." Um, I yeah. loved your take on this. Whose idea was it to sing this and arrange it in this manner? You left me here on your way to paradise. You pulled the rug right out from under my life I know where you're going to I knew when you came home last night Cause your eyes had a mist from the smoke of a distant fire Stung, should have seen it come a long time ago.
it was it Tony Manter, the producer, su suggested it to me because um I always loved that song, and and it also I, I guess I picked it because it, it it's rock kind of combined with a little bit of a swing jazz feel. Yeah, smoke from a distant fire. So and I loved the track, and I said and I, when I uh, positioned it and I mean I posited it to him, um he said you know um I once heard some band do this you know where they really slowed it down and kind of bluesy and i said oh wow that'd be interesting so you know we talked about it i think he found a, a demo or something of this of this of this approach to it and i said yeah I, that i really like that and i don't want to compete try to do it the way sanford townsend did it it's better to do it different you know let's let's do it that way so um we did and it, it really it, it, it works. It, it, you know, I, I don't know which I like better because I love their version so much, but, but this, this works. It, it's nice. Now, Donnie, I have to talk about this. Your first album actually came out in 1976. Right. Right. Now, how did that, I was, I'm always fascinated by that back in the day when someone that I watched as an actor, all of a sudden had an album. How did that come? Did, was that just was that just dropped into your lap? Hey, you're on Happy Days. Would you like to do an album? Was it like that? Or almost, almost like that. Um, I was doing an interview for some magazine. Um, you know, it was about probably season four or something like that. Um, so we were already pretty big. Yeah, and because um, we didn't hit number one until the third season, so it was somewhere after that shortly. And uh, it was an interview, and then the, the the gentleman who was interviewing me said, because I, I was talking about how I was singing before I was acting. Yeah, it's, it somehow it came up. So he said, you know, I'm I'm kind of partners with this guy who's a record producer, and <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to him because since you sing and da da da, you know that whole thing. So I met the producer, and and we got along really well, and and he was able. To uh, based on the popularity of the show and all that, get me a deal at a big label, United Artists. Um, the only the, the only uh, sort of issue or not issue was they weren't going to let me sing the kind of music that I really you know would want to sing. Right, the right. standard because in the seventies, late seventies, it it was looked upon as like your parents' music or grandparents' yeah. music. It 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 came back into fashion and to favor kind of in the late eighties, nineties, it started coming back, but back then it wasn't. So, so he said, you know, we're going to have to do more rock pop kind of uh, material. And um, I said, all right, well, you know, it'd be great for me to get in the studio and, and learn, you know, experience that. And, yeah. but, and, and I liked, like I said, um, I also, you know, when I was, in high school and into college, I, I started really loving that during that time, um, there was a renaissance of music in the late 60s and early 70s. So um, I loved listening to a lot of the, you know, there were so many hybrid mixtures of styles, rock with blues, rock with folk, rock with jazz, rock with, you know, anything you can name almost, country. So. Um, it was it was very uh, fervent time, so I loved that music too. And 
but but this was um you know it was a little more poppy than i pop kind of feel than i would have wanted to do but but it was still a good experience you know and 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 it um it it reached that one of the songs reached the top 40 on the big charts at the time so it was it was worthwhile but it's not you know you listen to what i'm doing in these last two albums it's night it's night and day It's not indicative of what you like to do uh, in right. 2023. And um, as far as the resurgence of this type of music, uh, for me, I would I would have to say maybe Harry Connick Jr. is the guy that really brought it all back. It, it I I often cite that as well. That like when he I guess it was Harry met Sally with it had to be you. I yeah, think yeah. he's been. And um and then also right after that I'd. Um, well, with Tony Bennett doing some of the acoustic stuff and getting popular in MTV a little bit, uh, then Natalie Cole, I think when she did that oh, album yeah. dedicated yeah. to her dad, and then Diana Krall came on the scene, and I love Diana Krall. I've seen her concert. And um, and then it started, that's when it really, those those uh, those artists that we just talked about. Yeah, those are and the ones. People, and then people like Rod Stewart started doing standards and, 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 and then many others. And, and today there's uh Bublé's, you know, he brought, he was doing that a lot. So um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, it hit me, I don't know, about 10 years ago. Cause I always knew I wanted to do something with them with this music again. Cause I'd put it aside, you know, when I switched into my gear into acting, but um it wasn't until like 10 years ago and it hit me. I said, well, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the time right. because the music is, there'll be more receptivity, receptivity towards this than it was in the seventies when, when I had some juice from happy days, but they wouldn't want me to do that. So I, I went out and put a show, an act together, you know, a nightclub kind of thing and started doing some jazz clubs in, in LA and New York and, and it, and then it kept growing, so uh, yeah. That uh, thank goodness it it came back, and and I think it's you know I see young people at some of my shows and where they really enjoy the music. You know, I think when they're exposed to it properly, because you know I'm not doing bebop. You know, I'm not doing the kind of jazz that is a little. You know, if it, it takes like a little education to get used to some of that kind of jazz. Right. You know, I'm doing more straight ahead jazz and blues and swing and it's a little more accessible. Yeah, you I, was, know? I was just going to say you're making it accessible to the masses for sure. Yeah, that that's kind of 
that's what you know i was a huge Dar- bobby darren fan and um i saw bobby at the copacabana when i was 18 and bobby could swing like as good as any of them better bobby i mean he was freaking amazing and um you know, so he he made that kind of music, I think, accessible. If you look back at his catalog and all the stuff he did, he could do blues and jazz and 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 uh, R and B and and any style of music. But I think he did country albums too. He had a few country albums in there. Yeah, he he would do country folk. He did an album of Ray Charles. You know, yeah. all Ray Charles. Anyway, um, so. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, real careful about what I, what songs I do and the arrangements, you know, yeah. it's really key. And, and I think I can make it accessible to a wider range of people than might say, well, uh, jazz, but you know, jazz is a wide, a wide area and, and there's all different um, subsets of jazz. And so anyway, this is the music that I'm putting out there and we'll see where it goes. Now, one of the songs I really enjoyed on the album is You'd Be Nice to Come Home To. Yeah. You'd be so nice to come home to. You'd be so nice by the fire While the breeze on high sang a lullaby Stars chill by the winter under an August moon burning above. You'd be so nice, you'd be paradise to come home to. Who's that person for you? Who's the person that's nice to come home to? Oh, who's that person for me? Well, my wife. <laughs> and how my long have you been married? 42 years. Yeah. That, see, this is yeah. this is basically, I'm leading you there. That is incredible. 42 years. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's, I thank God that um, we met during an episode of Happy Days. Uh, my wife, Morgan, was an actress and did a guest, wound up doing two two episodes. And um, that's how it all started, you know, and um, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe when I think about that. It's been that long. Uh, But and now we just became grandparents for the first time. So another congratulations. then. Another part of the new phase. Yeah, that's the reason we're in Colorado, because we wanted to be closer to our daughter. grandchild. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, a few more questions about Happy Days. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Marion Ross just turned 95 last week. Yes. I yes, have, I need to call her. I have seen her 
I live in Woodland Hills, California. I've seen her oh. many times shopping oh, yeah. at, at the Target. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's quite it's exciting for me. I've never I've never gone up and and said hello. I'm sure she'd be fine with it because I've seen others do it. But I, I really oh, got to yeah. get a kick out of it when I see her out and about. Um, uh, Marion's incredible, unbelievable, Just amazing. Uh, I do want to say that as a kid, Ralph Malf was my favorite. Because, oh, wow. Because I knew, I knew everyone loved the Fonz, but I'm not cool. I'm not going to be the Fonz, but I was funny. So you're the person that I gravitated to, you know, when I would watch the show. You were my guy. Oh, oh, that's great. And the funny thing is, when I was in high school, I was not anything like that. You know, I was never the guy telling jokes or I was always the audience for, you know, I knew some of my other friends would like to. Um, crack jokes and get the laughs and stuff. I knew some people, you know, that were like that. And I was like, you know, I was, I was more probably like Richie because I was an honor student. Uh-huh. I was pretty kind of shy, you know, I was on the swimming team and, um, you know, and didn't, didn't mess up, you know, I was pretty straight, straight arrow. And, uh, but I, you know, that's what to me the joy of acting was, playing somebody different than myself. I'd almost almost rather play somebody very different than myself. I I assume Ron Howard was cast before you were. Yes. So was there any talk about you changing your hair color so that they wouldn't have two redheads? Well, well, interestingly enough, what happened was Ron and Anson did a pilot of Happy Days a year and a half earlier than Mm -hmm. the one that got on the air. Because they did it and it didn't sell, but then uh, Graffiti uh, Grease gets on Broadway and becomes a hit show about the fifties. American Graffiti comes out. This is like a year and a half later. Yeah, and the network executives at ABC are like, "Oh, wait a minute! Didn't we have a show? Gary Marshall had was behind the first one too." And they said to Gary, "You know, we want to do another pilot, uh, but." That one was a little too soft. They said, let's make it a little more graffiti-ish and that kind of thing. And and they told Gary that he'd have to, that, that Ron and Anson, they might be too old now to play yeah. high school. And Gary said, no, no, they're not. Uh, so he had to screen test them. He had to screen test Ron and Anson, even though they had done the show a year and a half earlier. Done, yeah. And uh, against you know, six or seven, four other pairings of Ralph, of Richie and Potsy's and me being one of them. So I was auditioning for Potsy. Oh, okay. There was no, you know, there was no, um, in the first pilot, there was no Fonzie, there was no Ralph. So, so I was auditioning, you know, went through several auditions and then screen test. And then they told me, you know, a few days later, my agent said, and it might have, the red hair might have had something to do with it, but they said, no, they're going with Ron again, Ron and Anson. The network said, yeah, you're right. They could, they could do this. They still looked the, the age, but they, they said, but they wanted, they told Gary, they wanted me in the show because they liked my screen test so much. Nice. So, so then they said, well, well, there's a part, a small part in the, in the pilot a guy named Ralph, da, 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 da. Um, because, and somebody said, you know, they didn't want two redheads 
two redheads, you know, playing against the two main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they thought it was okay that if I was a, you know, I was more of a supporting, because in the beginning, I was just a guy come in, usually a scene in the beginning, scene near the end, make some jokes, you know, and, oh, well, so what happened, Richie, with the, the so-and-so? And then I crack a joke about, you know, so I wasn't really front and center. But but then it was okay, I guess, eventually they accepted that there were two redheads, you know. And then Marion was, and Marion's a redhead. Marion's redhead, yeah. <laughs> so I saw you recently, uh, just a few days ago on social media, promoting Henry Winkler's upcoming book. Yeah. We know Henry Winkler now because we've seen him in uh, other things and I've seen him on interviews and everything. And he is not the Fonz. No. That's, that's, that's probably the the biggest character stretch on the show. I, I mean, I think I, I'm yeah. talking as a layman. What was it like to be hanging out with Henry on set and then action is called and to see him flip the switch and become the Fonz? What was that like it, to see this? It was, it was a wonder. It was a, it was a wonder. Um, I was so taken. I remember I would, watched uh, you know we were doing the show in the beginning not not with an audience it was shot like a movie yeah so so um if i was done for the day you know a lot of times people would go home they're done but i would stick around i wanted to watch all these i wanted to watch tom bosley and ron howard you know the people and then i meet this guy henry and i and he when i first met him he was like almost he was in character a little bit like he didn't want to break character while they were shooting but then i'd see then i'd get to know him and see that he was nothing like you know the fonz like you said it's just nothing like him and then just to watch him like you said uh you know transform himself and this other guy appears um it was fascinating it was really it was something to behold I, i i was very uh excited and grateful that i was able to be witness, you know, and, and not to, and not just Henry, you know, the rest of the cast too was yeah, great. Yeah. The rest of the cast was great. And I used to love to watch all of them, but, but yes, the one that was most striking uh, and, and different was, was Henry as the fonts for sure. And then for your first major, um, major gig to work with Gary Marshall and Jerry Paris, I mean, yeah. just two guys of that caliber back in the day. I mean, what a what a great working experience it must have been for you. Fantastic! Just Jerry, uh, God, Jer- Jerry and I became—he was like a mentor to me, and and we became really close. And he was my best man at my wedding, uh, and and I had watched the Dick Van Dyke show, all, you know, all the time, and yeah, and probably and I, let's see his name—I knew he was the next door neighbor, but also that he was the director of most of those episodes. And th- then I was aware of his, he had a acting career. You know, he was in, he was in Marty, he, um, uh, the uh, Academy Awards uh, f- a film for Ernest Borgnine, uh, Kane Mutiny. And he was in the film, The Wild Ones with Marlon Brando. Um, so, you know, I, I was really excited to work with Jerry and I'd seen Gary's name on the Dick Van Dyke show too. And by then, I think he had the odd couple with his show was on the air. Yeah. So yeah. And to watch, uh, you know, to, to be in their presence and watch, the, they were both comedic geniuses. And um, it was, it was 
unbelievable experience. You know, I feel I was, I knew how lucky I was to, to be able to be in the, with these actors, this, 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 you know, great bringing together of personalities and talent uh, in that cast. And then Jerry and Gary, and then we had some other great writers, producers, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a dream come true, you know, a total dream. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like being in school. You're still, you were still learning at that point. Yeah, while you're working. So that's that's an incredible situation to be in. Yeah, absolutely, hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. All right, we're nearing the holidays, so I want to give a shout out to your 2016 Christmas EP, "Swinging oh, yeah. Down the Chimney Tonight." Uh, I really got a kick out of the song, The Man with the Bag. Old Mr. Kringle is soon gonna jingle The bells that'll tinkle all your troubles away Everybody's waiting for the man with the bag Cause Christmas is coming again got a sleigh full, it's not gonna stay full He's got stuff to drop at every stop of the way Everybody's waiting for the man with a bag Cause Christmas is coming again He'll be here With the answers to the prayers that you've made through the year You'll get yours If you've done everything you should Extra special good he'll make this December the one you'll remember the best and the merriest you ever did have. I had never yeah. heard that Christmas song, and uh that's a cool one. I like that a it, lot. It is cool. I you know, when we were picking out with uh this Willie Murillo produced that one with with me and well he produced it. And um I can't remember. We were looking at songs and trying to figure it out. And I think he might have suggested that one, and I wasn't that familiar with it either. Yeah. And then when, and then when I heard it, it was like, oh, this is great. This is a really cool song, "Man with the Bag." And and I think I might have even heard a version of Louis Armstrong doing it. But I, I listened to a bunch of versions, and they they were all great. But I think maybe Louis Armstrong, and that was really fun. Anyway, it turned out it turned out cool. It is yeah. cool. Put that on your Christmas playlist. Donnie, I want to just tell you, I, I got to quote Ralph Mouth when I say, after all these years, you still got it. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much, Pat. Uh, thank you so that. much for doing this today. Uh, continued success with uh, New York High. And thank everyone you so go much. to just go to DonnieMost.com and you'll find out everything you need to know, where to find Donnie when he's going to do shows and all that stuff. So, yeah, but it it's actually, it was DonnieMost.com, and now it's realDonnieMost.com. Oh, my goodness. Well, Google your name. It'll come up. Yeah. People will find yeah. it. Yeah, and um, I need to update it. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I ask of all my guests is oh. I always do a playout song, and oh. it should be one from New York High. So which oh. one would you like me to close out with? Oh, wow. From New York High. Well. Jeez, that's such a tough one. They're like, you know, all my children. All yeah, these sure. Um, I would maybe New York High because it's the name of the album. Because um, um, one that's really a little different. How did you feel about the, there's a song that we did that was, a, it's not really swing, it's jump blues, which is a cousin to swing. And I, there's that song, I love the way my baby sings the blues. I don't know if, if you heard it, but 
it's it's kind of you know has that same feel of swing a little bit but it's a so that one i like a lot but new york high probably um because that's the one that's uh you know being pushed the title it. track it's the title yeah track. yeah and i made it the the album made it to the grammy ballot so i'm waiting to see we'll find out in about 10 days you know the next step is it gets rounded down to the five nominees it's 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 on the grammy ballot for uh, album of the year in the category of traditional pop they called it that's exciting so, i mean how exciting is that i mean incredible yeah i'm very excited about that i mean it's you know it's, it's still a bit of a long shot i'm i'm sure to get to those final five but you know, you, stranger things have happened. <laughs> Everything, everything's a long shot in entertainment, Donnie. Yeah, that that's for <laughs> damn sure. Very wise words there. All right, everybody, go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Rock Solid Show and on Instagram at Rock Solid Show. A pleasure to speak with Donnie Most. Uh, I grew up with oh. you seeing your face. So to see you today, it's a thrill. And everybody oh. out there, Please enjoy the song, New York High. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you, Pat. Really appreciate it. New York is getting me high. Girls by the store club have been catching my eye. Moonbeams dance on a Like a shower of stars Shining reflections of those New York bars